Meditations on Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, Part 4, The Will to Meaning. In Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, we almost have two authors. One is anonymous and endures the suffering of concentration camps in a way that represents all who endured it. He is the everyman. The other author is a psychologist who, through his experiences of suffering, is teaching us his theories about man and women. A psychological theory at the heart of which is that central to every human being is the will to meaning, and that all man does or doesn't do can be traced back to this. This is very different than Sigmund Freud's pleasure principle, which traces back all the actions of our minds and hearts back to sexual desire and trying to turn everyone into our parents. This thinking, by the way, continues to be the dominant viewpoint of psychologists today. Frankel adamantly disagrees with this approach. He says, Sigmund Freud once asserted, Let one attempt to expose a number of the most diverse people uniformly to hunger. With the increase of the imperative urge of hunger, all individuals' differences will blur, and in their stead will appear the uniform expression of the one unstilled urge. Thank heaven Sigmund Freud was spared knowing the concentration camps from the inside. His subjects lay on a couch designed in the plush style of Victorian culture, but not in the filth of Auschwitz. There, the individual differences did not blur, but on the contrary, people became more different. People unmasked themselves, both the swine and the saints. There seems to be in anyone with sense, anyone who has made it through any sort of hardship, a certain sort of responsibleness, a morality, an understanding of what's most important. There is a desire to do good, not for fear of God or displeasing mommy, but for good itself. Even Darwin, the evolutionist who promoted the idea of survival of the fittest, he struggled with the idea of altruism, what causes another being to do good for another with no clear benefit to that being human, snail, or even some combination of both. Joseph Campbell often relayed the story of a police officer who saves a man attempting to commit suicide over a well-known cliff known for just that reason. The officer, in doing so, almost loses his own life. A reporter asked the officer why he didn't let go, and the officer replied that if he had let that young man go, he would have not been able to live another day. There was something that acted in that man that was instinctual, that couldn't help it. Have we not felt this energy in our own lives, sometimes behind our greatest choices? Is this not the key to meaning in our lives? For a society we say is all about materialism and money, is not a meaningful and purposeful life deep down still our greatest concern? Frankel says, Man's search for meaning is the primary motivation in his life and not a secondary rationalization of instinctual drives. This meaning is unique and specific in that it must and can be fulfilled by him alone. Only then does it achieve a significance which will satisfy his own will to meaning. There are some authors who contend that meanings and values are nothing but defense mechanisms, nor would I be ready to die merely for the sake of my reaction formations. Man, however, is able to live and even to die for the sake of his ideas and values. Anyone who knows me would probably not describe me as one who lacks ego. I'd certainly say that my ego is no bigger than anyone else's. I certainly think about myself a lot. How will this affect me? What will happen to me? What would I rather be doing right now? 
what is she thinking about me? It's kind of like that cat food song, meow, 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 but it's me, 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 me. Yet when I measure life in terms of what I value, I don't look at how I'm affected, but what and whom I've affected, the people I've supported in some way and have grown to love, how present I've been able to be to the world around me, and not the one of my interior chatter. Me, from one point of view, is what I do to pass time. It is the meaning that I'm really up to, and thus it is the meaning that I really am. Frankel tells us about an American diplomat who sees him. He is unhappy with his job and, at the time, American foreign policy. His previous psychologist considered this a sickness. He asked questions about his father and explained how the military had taken on his father image. Frankel encouraged the man to get a new job. The man did and became happy. For those of us currently struggling with a seeming psychosis, a fear, a hurt, a delusion, is there something wrong with us? Are we crazy? Or are we called to live in a greater way we have yet to say yes to? Living is the best medicine. Life is never made unbearable by circumstances, Frankel shares, but only by lack of meaning and purpose. Frankel tells us we experience meaning in three essential ways. One, by creating a work or doing a deed. This is about having something to do of value to us. It's about achievement. The second is by experiencing something or encountering someone. Truth, beauty, goodness, and especially in our relationships, love. Those immense feelings of life that come only with someone else. I love this story that Frankel tells in the afterword of his book. Frankel was once asked to express in one sentence the meaning of his own life. He wrote the response on paper and asked his students to guess what he had written. After some moments of quiet reflection, a student surprised Frankel by saying, The meaning of your life is to help others find the meaning of theirs. That was it exactly, Frankel said. Those are the very words I had written. Frankel's philosophy of a will to meaning is quite understandable in these two ways. Find meaning through achievement in love. The third, however, is the most challenging and came through Frankel's experience during the Second World War. Frankel calls it the attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering. This is not required for meaning, mind you, but many of us face it. He says, We must never forget that we may also find meaning in life even when confronted with a hopeless situation, when facing a fate that cannot be changed. For what then matters is to bear witness to the uniquely human potential at its best, which is to transform a personal tragedy into a triumph, to turn one's predicament into a human achievement. When we are no longer able to change a situation, just think of an incurable disease such as inoperable cancer. We are challenged to change ourselves. And he also says, in some way, suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds a meaning, such as the meaning of a sacrifice. Central to Frankl's philosophy of the individual is that she is self-determining. This is what makes him a unique. Freud's pleasure principle, Adler's will to power, even Maslow's hierarchy of needs, all are based somewhat on the idea that man and women are determinable. Not for Frankl. We are always a choice, and as long as we are, there is an opportunity for meaning. He shares, The pessimist resembles a man who observes with fear and sadness that his wall calendar from which he daily tears a sheet grows thinner with each passing day. 
On the other hand, the person who attacks the problems of life actively is like a man who removes each successive leaf from his calendar and files it neatly and carefully away with its predecessors. After first having jotted down a few diary notes on the back, he can reflect with pride amid joy on all the richness set down in these notes, on all the life he has already lived to the fullest. What will it matter to him if he notices that he's growing old? Has he any reason to envy the young people whom he sees or wax nostalgic over his lost youth? What reasons has he to envy a young person? For the possibility that a young person has, the future which is in store for him? No thank you, he will think. Instead of possibilities, I have realities in my past. Not only the reality of work done and of love loved, but of sufferings bravely suffered. These sufferings are even the things of which I am most proud, though these are the things which cannot inspire envy. Do not grieve for that which you have never had, but live fully in the reality that you have been given.